That's a clown question, bro. Hi, what's up, Bunny? So I'm gonna kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's gonna be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome back to Above Replacement Radio, part two of episode 82. Um, we're talking about uh, one of the better comeback stories uh, that we've discussed uh, on Above Replacement Radio on our on our history series. We're talking about the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals today. Yeah, we are. Yeah, a uh, big comeback story, but... I don't know how, um, I, I don't remember how it started, but we're going to, that's why we're getting into it. Yeah. Um, so what was the context of the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals, um, as they were, as they were heading into the season? So they were coming off a pretty difficult 2010 season. They went 86 and 76. Obviously that's not bad by any means, but they missed the playoffs. Uh, and the Cardinals are, you know, a franchise that is very familiar with the playoffs. So Anything less than that is not a, considered a very good season by the, their standards. So they went into the offseason. They made a couple big moves. Uh, they traded for infielder Ryan Terrio, and they also signed Lance Berkman as a free agent. Uh, Berkman was sort of at the sort of it seemed like he was at the end of his career, but really it seemed like this could be like a, a low risk, high reward sort of deal. And uh, this was going to be important an important year in St. Louis because it was the last year of Albert Pujols' contract uh, as he would be heading into free agency. And it didn't seem as though they were going to uh, discuss any extensions before the season. So it really looked like this was going to be the last year that the Cardinals had Albert Pujols in his prime. So it was important that they did a lot this year, but they were, they missed a big piece in spring training. Uh, ace pitcher, Adam Wainwright announced that he needed Tommy John surgery and that he would be missing the entire 2011 season. So that's obviously, that's not fun at all. Uh, to have to miss out on one of your big pitchers, your big pitcher, essentially, they needed a lot of guys to step up. And because of this, uh, Bleacher Report actually had them missing the playoffs again for a second straight season. However, the Cardinals, they got off to a pretty high-scoring start to the season. Uh, after losing six of their first eight games, the Cardinals went on an absolute power surge over their next seven games. And I know that seven games is kind of a, a small sample size, but the extent at which they did some crazy things in seven games. Uh, I'll explain. They went six and one in these games. They produced 4.4 F4 as a team. That's seven games. That's roughly half a win per game. That doesn't happen. And the next best in the majors at that time, throughout that time span, was 1.7. They were nearly three wins better than everybody else over a, such a small sample size, which is crazy. They had 15 home runs as a team, and no other team had more than nine. They scored 66 runs. The next best in the majors was 41. They had a 410 BABIP, and the next best was 360. They hit, they hit 376. The next best was 307. They had an OBP of 442. The next best was 384. They had a 624 slugging percentage. The next best in the majors was 463. They had an OPS of 1046. The next best in the majors was 829. They were over 200 points better in OPS than the second best team in the majors. They had, an, they had a WOBA of 448. The next best in the majors was 0.364. That's almost 100 points better. They had a weighted runs created plus of 190, and the next best was 129. So if, if the standard, the average standard was the second best team, the Cardinals still would have been 
uh, over 60 points above average, uh, which is insane over, over just seven games. And they had an offensive rating of 32.1. The next best was 6.9. So they were well ahead of everybody else as a team. And we're going to look at who, who were some of the big performers over that time. First one was Lance Berkman, of course, free agent that they brought in. Over these seven games, he slashed 476, 500, 1333 for a slugging percentage, and then 1833 for an OPS. 762 Woba, 406 weighted runs created plus. David Fries was another big one. 538, 552, 808, 1359. Five, and that would be a 537, uh, 573 Woba and 277 weighted runs created plus. Also, Colby Rasmus, uh, a guy who they had uh, that was brought up as a top prospect a couple years prior. 400, 432, 686, 1118, 477 Woba, 211 weighted runs created plus. And the Cardinals ended the month of April with a 16 and 11 record. They were two games up in the National League Central. And the Cardinals also had some starting pitchers step up in Wainwright's absence. Kyle Loesch was one of them. In April, Kyle Loesch was four and one with a 164 ERA. That would be second best in the National League. Also, Jaime Garcia, he was three and0 with a 208 ERA. And also Kyle McCullen was four and0 with a 323 ERA. So, a lot of pitchers on the Cardinals were stepping up at this time, and they needed it. Uh, yeah. Love that, and, by the way. Yeah, I just realized I had this uh, this uh, Tony La Russa little action figure. Someone <laughs> someone brought Where'd it Where'd you get that? Home. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, and on May 12th for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals were in Wrigley, but manager Tony La Russa... Uh, as you can see on my left, uh, was not. If you're on YouTube. And uh, he was battling health issues, but his presence was still felt uh, within the within the team. Oh, we had to do a double take. We thought Tony La Russa was back today. He was not expected to be on this road trip as he battles shingles. Looks like Tony from behind, but it's... Uh... <laughs> Starting pitcher Kyle Loesch who gets a standing ovation from his teammates. Well, anything to lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, there's no question the Cardinals miss their skipper. And, uh, Kyle Loesch doing his part to try to lighten the mood a little bit. Either that or Tony Larusa grew a goatee while he's been away from the team. So uh, Kyle Loesch, Kyle Loesch uh, lightens the mood a little bit there. And, uh, you know, shows you that he does have appreciation for his manager. And his Hall from, of Famer baseball person manager. Yeah, his, uh, you know, it, that's his Hall of Famer baseball person. That's right. At the helm. It is. By the way, this is our second Tony La Russa team I forgot to mention. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, from May 16th to May 24th, uh, the Cardinals won eight out of nine ball games. And in those games... These were the, the runs allowed uh, chronologically uh, by the Cardinals. They allowed one run in the first game, then one in the second game, one in the third game, two in the fourth game, third in the fifth, zero uh, in the sixth game, eight in the seventh game, one in the uh, eighth game, and second in the ninth game. And uh, the game they lost was the game where they allowed three runs, uh, not eight runs. 
and they finished uh, they finished the month of May with a season record of 10 games above 500, and they were actually two and a half games up in the division. And on June 4th, the Cardinals were facing the Cubs in St. Louis, and with the game in extra innings, Albert Pujols was looking to win it. In the air to left center, back at the wall. Pujols wins it. That is unbelievable. Not that Pujols hit it out, but that Samarja made one good enough. I just want to point something out. Um, yeah. When people talk about hating Joe Buck and like not liking the way he calls games, they're, they're in that state of mind where he's still calling games like that. Because, Chris, I think we can both agree that was a pretty bad call uh, from Joe Buck. There was no energy. It seemed like he was really bummed out to see Pujols hitting a home run. That's not the way he calls games anymore. He's much better. But when people talk about hating Joe Buck, that's what they're talking about right there. Yeah, that was a, a phase of buck like trying to i think he was sort of trying to just call the game and let the crowd do the work a little too much without adding yeah without adding anything to it uh it was a weird phase of joe buck's career but yeah that was uh that was pretty noticeable how bad that was yeah Pujols hits it in the air and he's won it that is unbelievable yeah, he didn't even say he didn't even say back at the wall. No, that that like takes so much off of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Pujols hits that walk off home run against the Cubs in uh, St. Louis, and the very next day, Albert Pujols returned for Act Two. Field very deep again. This ball hit deep. That's how you do it right there yeah that's kind of a it's like a uh you know it's like a one of those things where they show you what to do and what not to do sort of sort of like yeah. that you know same same guy same situation very different calls for sure so uh pujols back-to-back days walk off home runs for the machine and on june 19th the Cardinals once again found themselves in a position to walk it off. And this time it was Skip Schumacher trying to win it for the Redbirds. That ball on the run, barehanded, going in one direction and then spun and fired a strike. In the air, 
Right center field. Is it gone? Yes! Schumacher! Walk-off homer! So Skip Schumacher with the with the uh, walk off home run for the Cardinals, and uh, this win for the Cardinals put the Cardinals in a tie in the National League Central with the Brewers, and it seemed momentum was shifting towards the Gateway Arch. However, something t- something tough happened that day. Just during the game when Schumacher hit the walk off homer, Albert Pujols left the game with an injury, and he got hurt. Uh, while fielding a ground ball. So he would be out for the next few weeks and the Cardinals would have to carry on without their superstar. So that can't be easy. And on June 30th, Lance Berkman had himself a day when the the Cardinals took a rare visit to Baltimore. Catches up to you. The one-two is hammered out to deep left. Way out of here. Home run, Berkman. Two-run shot. The wrist feels great. Number 19 for Lance Berkman. I would suggest not tinkering with this swing. (laughs) And that is hammered deep right. Two home run game for Lance Berkman. Wow. What a year this guy is putting together. That should get him another 10,000 all-star game votes. He knew it right away. Doesn't like to show up the pitcher. Wow, he hit that ball a long way. That's two bombs for Berkman. So Lance Berkman, homers from both sides of the plate, once as a righty, once as a lefty. Some impressive stuff there from him. And the Cardinals went 7-7 seven and seven in Pujols' absence. Uh, that doesn't seem great when you're contending for a division, but the Milwaukee Brewers went 5-9 and nine during that same stretch. The Cardinals were up by one and a half games when their superstar returned. And at the end of the first half, St. Louis was tied at the top of the top of the division with a 49 and 43 record, but also the Pittsburgh Pirates were just one behind. So this was this was a very close division uh, among three teams. And also, I believe the Cubs were four games back as well. So now we go into the All-Star game, and Lance Berkman, Matt Holliday, and Yadier Molina represented the Cardinals in Arizona at that All-Star game. And Lance Berkman, at the break, had a 173 weighted runs created plus, and that was leading the National League. However, Matt Holliday, who was just shy of qualifying for rate statistics, was slashing 324, 418, 577, 995, with a 428 Woba and 177 weighted runs created plus. That led all NL uh, hitters in a weighted runs created plus among people with at least 200 plate appearances. And Holiday had 280, so that's not necessarily cherry picking there. Also, Yadier Molina had the second highest average in the National League among catchers with a 282. And in the All-Star game, Lance Berkman and Yadier Molina each picked up one hit. So... Now, as we head into the uh, second half of the season, uh, the Cardinals are doing a little bit of sliding away and not in the way uh, that they want to be sliding. Uh, And from the start of the second half until the end of July, 
the Cardinals went eight and eight, which is not good when you're contending for a division uh, because the Brewers went 11 and five over that same timeline. And Milwaukee was up two and a half games going into August. And at the trade deadline, the Cardinals pulled off an eight player deal with the Blue Jays. They traded Trevor Miller, Colby Rasmus, Brian Tallett, and PJ Walters to the Toronto Blue Jays. And in return, they received Octavio, Octavio, do, Octavio Dotel, uh, Edwin, D, Edwin uh, Jackson, Gordon Patterson, and uh, Mark Zepchinski. Good job. Good job on, on that name. I had more trouble with Edwin Jackson because I, <laughs> I was about to say Diaz because I guess the Mets, Mets are on my mind today. Mets have been on everyone's mind today. We'll yeah. be talking about that next week. Exactly. And on July 29th, Albert Pujols looked for a big milestone in what seemed to be his last year in St. Louis. The 1-1. Pujols rips it. Fair. Pick number 2,000. Down into the corner. And with this double, Pujols joins Stan the Man, Brock, Hornsby, and Slaughter as Cardinals with 2,000 hits. So Albert Pujols uh, adding to his already impressive resume with his 2000th hit. And uh, after this personal milestone, the Cardinals were still struggling as a team uh, as they were sort of being left for dead uh, by the Brewers. The Cardinals stayed stagnant throughout the entire month of August, sporting a 15 and 13 record throughout the month. However, the Brewers were 21 and 7 in the month, and the Braves, who were fighting for a wild card spot, were 17 and 9 uh, during that month. And the Cardinals were as far as 10 and a half games behind the Brewers, and they entered September eight and a half games behind the Braves for the wild card. And it seemed as though they were done. Now in September, the Cardinals, they got to climb back up because they're in a massive hole right now, eight and a half games out of a playoff spot. They need to get something going. On September 5th, the Cardinals welcomed the Brewers to St. Louis for a four-game series or for a three-game series. And the Cardinals took two of those three games. And after that, they welcomed in the Atlanta Braves. And in the first game of the Braves series, the Cardinals were in extras and had the winning run on third with one out, and Nick Punto was up to the plate. There's a line drive to center field. It's deep enough to score the winning run for the Redbirds and Matt Holliday and the Cardinals win game one with Atlanta and they celebrate on the infield. Four to three Cardinals. So the Cardinals win that first game against the Braves, and that would set the tone for the whole series because they swept them, and all of a sudden they were four and a half games back of Atlanta, looking pretty good. 
So now let's skip to the second to last day of the season. The Cardinals won and the Braves lost. This put the two of them in a tie for the National League wildcard. So going into game 162, if the Cardinals won, the worst case scenario is they would have to play a game 163 against the Braves. Obviously, the worst case scenario is they lose and the Braves win and their season gets eliminated. And Chris Carpenter was on the mound for game 162 against the Houston Astros. And he was elite. His line was nine innings pitched, two hits, no runs, one walk, and 11 strikeouts for a game score of 93. The Cardinals won, and now it was up to the Atlanta Braves. To first. One to Rollins. Throw to first, and the Philadelphia Phillies have ended the Braves' season. In 13 innings, the Phillies have beaten the Braves 4-3. to three. And the wild card goes to the Cardinals. So the Cardinals are going to the postseason. They were not supposed to be there. They were almost 10 games back of a wild card spot, but here they are. Just to give you an idea, the Cardinals went 18-8. and eight in the month of September for the best record in the National League. The Braves had the worst record in the National League during that month. So it took, obviously the Cardinals played extremely well, but it took the Braves uh, playing very bad. And we're going to look at the raging Redbirds from that season. Albert Pujols, slash 299, 366, 541, 909 for, uh, for 909 OPS with 37 home runs, uh, an OWOBA of 384, weighted runs created plus of 147 and 3.9 f war that also got him fifth in the national in the national league mvp voting lance berkman slashed 301 412 547 959 with 31 home runs a woba of 408 163 weighted runs created plus 4.7 f war and seventh in the mvp vote the cardinals had two guys in the top seven there also yadier molina Slash 305, 349, 465, 814 with 14 home runs, a Woba of 353, 126 weighted runs, uh, weighted runs created plus 5.9 F4, and that got him 21st in the MVP vote. Also on the mound, Chris Carpenter was 11 9 with a 345 ERA. Also, his 237 in the third innings pitched led the National League. Kyle Loge and Jaime Garcia stepped up big time in the absence of Adam Wainwright. They both had a sub 360 RA in at least 180 innings pitched. Also, Fernando Salas came out of the bullpen and was big. A 228 ERA, 24 saves and 75 innings pitched. And also Jason Mott had a 225 ERA in 68 innings pitched. Also, Tony LaRusa was third in manager of the year voting. And uh this stat doesn't really mean anything, but I thought it was kind of funny. Um, with Lance Berkman and rookie l- relief pitcher Lance Lynn, the Cardinals became the first team in MLB history to have multiple players named Lance to produce at least one plate appearance on the season. About Pretty impressive stuff. I mean, people have been people were waiting for years uh, to have two guys named Lance on the same team and to both uh, take at least one plate appearance. And the, this 2011 Cardinals did it. The only other team to do it is the 2012 Cardinals, of course. So they are now in the playoffs and in the National League Division Series, they were facing the Philadelphia Phillies. 
And when the Phillies were at their peak, this was looked at as the best team that they had. This is when they had Roy Halladay, they had Cole Hamels, they had Cliff Lee, uh, they had Roy Oswald. It seemed like nothing could stop this team. But the St. Louis Cardinals had to try and do it. After In game one, after Rafael Fercal singled and Pujols walked, Lance Berkman looked to give his team an early lead. Tony LaRusso said we have a very dangerous bat available for the pinch hitter. Berkman, it's a fly ball to right field, way back and gone. Lance Berkman on the first pitch hits a three-run homer, and the Cardinals stun this crowd and take the lead. Berkman homered off of Roy Halladay on September 19th, the only homer allowed by Halladay in his last 11 starts. So the Cardinals take a 3-0 lead. So Lance Berkman set the tone early for this series for St. Louis, but unfortunately... This 3 nothing lead didn't last as Kyle Loesch gave up six runs between the fourth and sixth innings, and the Phillies ended up winning this one 11-6, and they were up one nothing in the series. So now in game two, things didn't look as good as the Phillies uh, got off to an early 4 nothing lead. In fact, at this point, Philadelphia had an 83% chance of winning the series. The Cardinals chipped away in the fourth with RBIs from Terrio, John Jay, and Rafael for call. And in the seventh, John Jay looked for his second RBI with a chance to tie the game at four. And there's a ball hit to the opposite field. Base hit. Terry rounding third. Here comes the play to the plate. It's high. Safe at home. And the score is tied as Terry goes to second. So John Jay getting the Cardinals uh, tied up. And they erased the 4-0 deficit right there. And then in the seventh, Alan Craig led off the inning with a triple, and this gave Albert Pujols a clear shot to drive him in. Please use the same shape, Victorino, make that. And a base hit to left field by Pujols, and Ibanez retrieves, and the Cardinals have taken the lead 5-4. to four. Albert Pujols delivering a first-pitch single over Jimmy Rollins' head, and his first run batted in in the last eight games dating back to the regular season, and a somber... Philadelphia fandom here at the ballpark. So Albert Pujols gives the Cardinals a 5-4 to four lead, and they would go on to win by that exact score after Mott earned the save. And it's 1-1 going into St. Louis, and Game 3 would be a pitcher's duel between Cole Hamels and Jaime Garcia as they were both scoreless through 6. In the 7th, Garcia was looking to get out of the jam with Ben Francisco coming up for the Phillies. Pitch number 92, forthcoming. And a drive hit deep to left field. Craig is going back, looking up, and this one is gone. A home run by Ben Francisco. A pinch hit three-run homer breaks the tie. Three to nothing, the Phillies lead. So the Phillies went up 3-0 on that home run. The Cardinals would later get RBIs from David Freeze and Yadier Molina. But it wasn't enough, and the Phillies won that game 3-2. to two. So now in game four, the Cardinals were playing for their life. They've already done it before, and they needed to do it against a 101-win Phillies team. And they were immediately down 2-0 in game four after RBIs from Chase Udley and Hunter Pence. However, they chipped away in the bottom of the first with an RBI double from Berkman. And later on in the fourth, David Freeze came up with men on the corners and one out. 
And there's a shot, base hit down the left field line, into the corner. Berkman will score the tying run, and they're going to wave in Holiday, and he will play at the plate, slides in safely, and the Cardinals lead 3-2, to two. David Freeze with a two-run double. So David th- David Freeze comes through for the Cardinals, and I tell you, Chris, that's that's a sight we can get used to. The Cardinals had a lead. David Freeze would also homer in the game, and the Cardinals won five to three, bringing the series back to Philadelphia for a do or die game five. So in this game five, Raphael Fercal led off the game with a triple, and Skip Schumacher had an early opportunity to give the Cardinals a lead. The 10th pitch of the at-bat and a line drive down the right field line. And it is a fair ball into the corner. For Paul will score and Schumacher will go into second with a double. So a pair of extra base hits and the Cardinals have taken a 1-0 lead. So it's 1-0 St. Louis before there's even an out recorded. And with Schumacher providing the offense, it was up to Chris Carpenter on the mound. Well, it doesn't look like great numbers for Carpenter, but he started one and seven. He finished ten and two. That's more like Carpenter's numbers. It didn't really hit, and then uh, you turn on the lights in postseason, and he comes alive. And Utley strikeout victim here, and there are two down on the first strikeout for Carpenter. Six two thirty, and Halliday strikes out. Runner off the first and a fly ball hit to right field. Lance Berkman on the warning track. And he makes the catch to retire the side. Leadoff hitter Jimmy Rollins would be next. And there's a chopper to third base. Freeze. Backhands it and three ground balls, three outs. As Carpenter retires the side in order. And that'll go to Punto. And that'll do it. So important here in the last couple of days. One hopper to Nick Punto and a one, two, three inning for Chris Carpenter. And Claude, strike three, and Molina safe at first base. Chris Martinez. And there's a shot off the glove of Carpenter. Throw to first base. And in time, Punto and for call, both making sparkling plays to reach leading off an inning when he was hit by a pitch in the fourth inning. First pitch, drive hit the center field. John Jay is back and makes the catch on the base of the wall for out number one. Ground ball to Descalso at third. Two gone in the bottom of the ninth inning. Brown ball to the right side. Punto has it. And running over, and the Cardinals have done it. So Chris Carpenter with one of the most gutsy performances you will ever see, and it's in a do-or-die game nonetheless, a one nothing win, and the Cardinals are going on to the National League Championship Series. And in the NLDS, Skip Schumacher and Ryan Terrio were both 6-for-10, with two doubles. That's a 600 average and a 1400 OPS for both of them. Also, Albert Pujols in the series slashed 350, 409, 500, 909. David Freeze uh, had an 8, 833 OPS with five RBI. And Jason Mott pitched three and a third innings with no earned runs and two saves. And the Cardinals 
We're going to fight for the National League pennant. So now we're in game one of the National League Championship Series of 2011. And with the Cardinals down 2-1 to one in the fourth, David Fries came up with two on, looking to turn the tides for the Redbirds. In the air to right center field. That's a long run. That ball's well hit. It's got a chance, and it is gone. David Fries puts one into the jet stream and a three-run home run. The Cardinals are back on top. David Fries gives the red uh, gives the Cardinals a four to two lead, and however, the Cardinals gave up six runs in the fifth inning, and the game got away from them. And the Brewers won Game One, nine to six, and then in Game Two, with the Cardinals needing to break even, the machine took over for the Cardinals. Had a lot of trouble connecting with the signals with his catcher in his last start. As Pujols lifts one deep left, and he'll watch this one fly out of here. Albert Pujols, a two-run home run. And it is the Cardinals who strike first once again. Pujols goes deep for the first time in the postseason since 06. And a 2 to nothing lead for St. Louis. Into center, well hit. Niger Morgan turns and runs at the track. Cannot get it. Crashes into the wall. Jackson will score right behind him. John Jay, he'll score. And Albert Pujols has given the Cardinals a 4 to nothing lead. Two more RBIs for Pujols. And room for error in the next three batters. And Pujols in the right center. That's going to get down and go to the wall. John Jay will score. Albert Pujols on his way to second. And it's an RBI double. And Pujols is still hot. That is his fifth RBI of the game. His third hit. And he is racking up the total bases here already. That is eight total bases for Albert Pujols. Well, that's just the lack of execution. But the plate, Yadier Molina. That skips by Lucroy. Here comes Pujols. Play at the plate and safe is Pujols. Right between the legs of Lucroy and Albert Pujols. Heads up base running. Scores the run. And it is 7-2 St. Louis. Pujols down the right field line. That is a fair ball. And it bounces out a ground rule double and Albert Pujols a four hit game another double 10 total bases for Albert Pujols in this game. So Albert Pujols with a fantastic day getting four hits five RBI and Pujols remains the only player in postseason history with a home run and three doubles in one game. And the Cardinals won that game 12-3. to And David Freeze also was able to uh, contribute in the postseason one time. Hit Had uh, two hits and two RBI in game two. So now in game three, 
After John Jay doubled home Raphael for call in the first, Albert Pujols looked to do the same with John Jay. And he swings and drills one deep left center field. That is way back. And that's going to bounce up and out of here. A ground roll double. Pujols drives in a run. He stays red hot. Shoot it off in Cardinals. Albert Pujols once again driving in more runs in the postseason. And later in that inning, after Yadi brought brought home a run on a, a double play ball, David Freeze looked to tack on for the Cardinals. Batter of the inning. Freeze in the right center. Pretty well hit. Back is Corey Hart at the track, and he cannot get it. Off the wall. Holiday scores the run. It's an RBI double, and the Cardinals with a 4 to nothing lead in the first inning. So the Cardinals now have a 4 nothing lead thanks to the contributions of John Jay, Albert Pujols, David Fries, and company. And this four-run first would be enough as Chris Kirk Chris Carpenter would allow three runs over five innings and the bullpen through four shutout innings. And the Cardinals won game three, four to three to give them the two, one series lead. So then in game four, the Cardinals offense struggled uh, as Randy Wolf went seven innings, allowing two runs on early home runs for Matt holiday and Alan Craig. Uh, but Kyle Loesch didn't make it out of the, fifth inning and the Brewers won that game four to two and in game five in the second inning Yadier Molina came up looking to give the Cardinals uh looking to give the Cardinals some runs uh to take the lead in game five trying to give the Cardinals the early lead and he hits one hard right field way back hard is back reaches up and it is off the wall. Bergman on his way to the plate. He'll score. Molina with an RBI double. Narrowly missed a home run. And it's one to nothing Cardinals. So now the Cardinals are up one to nothing in game five. And the Cardinals would score two more in the inning on an error, and the early lead would stay as Jaime Garcia and the bullpen pitched very well. And St. Louis had also had four hits with runners in scoring position, and the Cardinals won that game pretty easily, 7-1. to one. And they were one win away from clinching. And in Game 6, the Cardinals got going early as Lance Berkman hit an RBI double in the first inning. And later in the inning, David Freeze looked to blow the game open. And Freeze launches one to left. Back is Ryan Braun at the wall. And there it goes. A three-run home run for David Freeze. Four to nothing Cardinals. 
And their hottest hitter comes through once again. David Freeze makes it a 4-0 ball game for the Redbirds. And although the Brewers chipped away in the first on a Corey Hart home run, the Cards responded immediately with a with Rafael Fercal going deep. But the Brewers got it down to a one-run game in the second inning. And the third in, in the third inning, Albert Pujols led off looking to put it away and also make some history. Predict that could have been the situation. And that's with one inning. He struck out the side in the second. No. Pujols lines one deep to left, and there goes another home run. Albert Pujols goes deep, gets into the act. 6-4 St. Louis. The sixth home run of the ball game as Pujols belts his second of this series. So Albert Pujols oh. makes it a two-run game, and uh, it seemed that he uh, tied Babe Ruth in uh, a category. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure the, I think it was, you can, maybe it says in the, in the description, but I think it was the most home runs hit between two teams in the first like three innings of a postseason game. Um, I think it says in the description of the YouTube video though. In the description, it says Albert Pujols ties Babe Ruth for most home runs in postseason history, uh, crushing a solo shot to extend the card. Oh, there you go. Lead. Yeah, right. So there you go. Uh, Albert Pujols making a difference, making history, uh, doing what doing what we've uh, been used to seeing, doing what we were used to seeing at the time from Albert Pujols. And after the offense kept it going and the pitching continued to shut it down, it was up to closer Jason Mott in the ninth inning. The National League this season. And there it is. The St. Louis Cardinals are headed back to the World Series. The Cardinals win the National League pennant for the 18th time. Tony La Russa will make it to the World Series for his sixth trip. Won it in 89 with the A's. He won it in 06 with the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are National League champions once again. And the contributors of the series, David Freeze won NLCS MVP. He slashed 545, 600, 1091 for a 1691 OPS. He also had three home runs, nine RBI, and two walks. Albert Pujols slashed 478, 556, 913, 1469 uh, with two home runs, nine RBI, and four walks. In most, most six-game series, Albert Pujols is winning the MVP, but David Freeze was just that good and Matt Holiday, uh, his quadruple slash line 435, 500, 652 for an 1152 OPS. He had a home run, 
five RBI and three walks. And 53.4% uh, of the Cardinals' runs were driven in by those three gentlemen. And uh, Jason Mott and Lance Lynn uh, out of the bullpen combined for 10 shutout innings. And now we're headed to the fall classic. So the Cardinals are going to be facing the reigning American League champions, also a team that we covered, uh, the Texas Rangers. We covered the 2010 iteration. This time they're facing the 2011 squad with Adrian Beltre as an upgrade. Now in game one, after the first three innings went scoreless, Lance Berkman looked to change that in the fourth with two men in scoring position. To the right side, Fair. Pujol scores. Here comes Holiday, And the Cardinals lead 2-0 in the fourth of game one. So the Cardinals take an early 2-0 lead in game one. And unfortunately, the Rangers did tie it the next inning with a Mike Napoli two-run home run. But Alan Craig came up in the sixth looking to take the lead back. That is into right. Cruz will make a catch, and now it's dropped. One run scores. Punto holds it third, and the Cardinals lead 3-2. Nelson had it for a moment. It got away. And Alan Craig delivers off the bench for the Cardinals in the sixth. So it is now a 3-2 ball game. The Cardinals are leading after that single. And after this, five different Cardinal relievers came in to shut it down, and the Redbirds won game one 3-2. That's big time. Now in game two, it was a pitcher's duel between Jaime Garcia and Colby Lewis as they were both dealing. We're going to jump to the bottom of the seventh. It was still 0-0. The Cardinals had runners on the corners with two out, and Alan Craig was once again up. And Craig is delivered again. In to score is freeze, and the Cardinals score first. Alan Craig has done it to Ogundo. Back-to-back nights, one to nothing in the seventh. So Alan Craig just continues to come through for this Cardinal team, and it's now one nothing going into the eighth. Now skip to the ninth inning. Jason Mott was on for the save, but he struggled after giving up a game-tying sack fly to Josh Hamilton. The next batter was Michael Young, who had the opportunity to do the same. Here is a 3-2. And a fly ball into right center field. is going to put Texas on top for the first time tonight. Young delivers a set fly, and it's 2-1 Rangers in the ninth. Andrews with a big ninth inning here for the Rangers. So the Rangers go up two to one. Heartbreaking loss for the Cardinals as that would end up being the final score. And you know that could that game could end up being something to look back on. You know you had a one nothing lead in the ninth and what you weren't able to close it out. And that's that's one that could come back to bite you. 
But now we got to go to game three. The Cardinals opened the scoring early when Alan Craig once again came up. three for three in this World Series and he's made them all count. And the Cardinals, Tim, have a young star in this kid. There is no question about it. On the heels of your remark about the RBI ratio, 40 RBIs and 219 at-bats. Think about that. Alan Craig just continuing to come through for the Cardinals. And later in the third, David Freeze looked to tack on. The opposite way in fair. Down the right field line, Holiday will score. Berkman will dig to third, and they hold him late on an RBI double by David Freeze. He's hit in 13 straight. So David Freeze gets the Cardinals out to a much bigger lead, and the Cardinals would actually go on to add three more in the inning to go up five to nothing. Throughout the next couple innings, the Rangers chipped away, and it was an 8-6 Cardinal lead. And that is when Albert Pujols took over. It 11 to 6 here in the sixth. His third hit of the night, his first home run of this World Series. And this thing was blasted. About it. The Cardinal fans know him. Here's one into left center field. Back at the track, he's got another. And more respect. As he's hit a three-run shot, now a two-run shot. And the Cardinals lead it 14-6 to six in the seventh. Four for his last four at-bats. Five RBIs, three runs scored. And Albert Pools after being hitless through the first two games, is heating up. The base hit, did the same in the fifth, the three-run rally, and then hit a three-run home run in the sixth, and a two-run shot in the seventh. The Rangers fan is thinking, I had to watch Pujols have four hits, two home runs, and he hits me, and here goes one in the left. How about three on the night in a row? A three-run shot, a two-run home run, and now a solo blast. And Albert Pujols has tied Reggie Jackson with three home runs against the Rangers in game three. So Albert Pujols with three home runs in the late portion of that game, and Pujols remains the only player in postseason history with five hits and three home runs in one game.
the Cardinals went on to win that game 16 to seven. And that would put them up two to one in the world series. So now in game four, this was not as eventful. The Cardinals were shut out by Derek Holland as he went eight and the third innings pitch, two hits, no runs, two walks, and seven Ks for a game score of 84. They had no answer for the young lefty. Edwin Jackson gave up a three-run home run to Mike Napoli, and the Rangers ended up winning four to nothing, and it was a two to two series. So now going into game five, the Cardinals got going early once again on RBIs in the second inning from Molina and Schumacher. And the Rangers later on tied it on home runs from Mitch Moreland and Adrian Beltre. Later in the eighth, game was still tied. The Rangers had the bases loaded and one out, and Mike Napoli looked to bring home the go-ahead run. In the air to right center field. This ball is down and off the wall. One run scores. Young. Here's Cruz. And it's 4-2 Texas in the eighth. So the Rangers take a 4-2 lead on the double by Napoli, and that would be the final score. The Rangers win 4-2. The Cardinals once again had to fight for their life. So we shift back to St. Louis for game six. The Rangers take a, took an early 1-0 lead, but Lance Berkman looked to change that in the bottom of the first. To compile that 389 average. And he hits one in the center. Back at the wall. Cardinals lead game six, two to one, as Berkman goes deep. So the Cardinals go up two to one on the home run from Berkman, but Ian Kinsler tied it in the next inning for the Rangers on a ground rule double. So now it's two to two. And after both teams traded one run each in the fourth, the Rangers took a lead in the fifth on a Michael Young double. So now the Rangers are up. The Cardinals later tied it though in the sixth on a Yadier Molina walk. So it's four to four. However, the wheels came off for the Cardinals in the seventh inning. Lance Lance Lynn gave up back-to-back home runs to Adrian Beltre and Nelson Cruz and later an inherited runner of his scored. So the Rangers are up seven to four with nine outs to go. And it's it's not looking good for the Cardinals. But they did get one back in the eighth on another home run, this time by Alan Craig. So we go to the ninth. They needed two. Ryan Terrio started the inning with a strikeout. Albert Pujols doubled and Lance Berkman walked to put the tying run on base. Alan Craig struck out in the second, or struck out for the second out, and it was up to David Freeze as the last hope. After taking ball one, Freeze watched a strike go by and then swung and missed. And the Cardinals were now down to their final strike. Into right, well hit. Back at the wall, it's off the wall. One run scores. Here comes Berkman. Freeze has tied it. 7-7. So the Cardinals get a prayer answered 
an absolute miracle, and the game is tied, and we ended up going to extras. So now in the top of the 10th, although the Cardinals had the momentum, they still needed to get outs. Elvis Andrews hit a one-out single, and that led to Rangers slugger Josh Hamilton. There's a shot in the right. Back at the track. At the wall. Hamilton has gone deep. And it's 9-7 Texas here in the 10th. His first home run of this postseason. So the Cardinals are going to need two once again. It is now 9-7. Daniel Descalso and John Jay led off the 10th with singles, and Kyle Loesch bunted them over. So now the, the, go, or the tying run was in scoring position. After Ryan Terrio grounded out, which scored a run, Albert Pujols was intentionally walked. So there's two outs, and it was now up to Lance Berkman. After he fouled two off and watched two go outside the zone, the Cardinals were once again down to their final strike. In the air to right center. This game is tied. Going to third is Pujols, and it's 9-9. So it is once again tied. The Cardinals were down to their final strike twice, and they're still alive. And after a scoreless top of the 11th, David Freeze came up in the bottom half looking to start or end something. That game right there was the embodiment of the entire Cardinals season. They weren't supposed to be good without Wainwright, and they were good. They weren't supposed to be in the playoffs come September. They were in the playoffs. They weren't supposed to beat the Phillies. They did. They played the team that beat them in the division, the Brewers. They weren't supposed to beat them, and they did. They certainly were not supposed to win that game. They did. David Freeze had a WPA, a win probability added, of .964 this game. The next best in postseason history is .87. So David Freeze by far had the clutchest game in postseason history. It's not even close. And now we go to game seven, do or die. The Cardinals have come all this way, but it wouldn't be for anything if they don't win this game. And the Rangers got two runs in the bottom of the first in the top of the first on RBIs from Hamilton and Young, but the Cardinals still had some magic in that bat of David Freeze. Runners go on a shot into left center field. This is going to tie it. 
David Freeze, what a roll. 2-2 in the first. So the game is now tied up on David Freeze just continuing to roll on. And now in the third, Alan Craig, who had been so big for the Cardinals all series, was looking to give St. Louis the game seven lead. Had a race last night. Now we have a new one. Three, two. Craig hits it in the air to right. Back at the wall. The Cardinals have taken a game seven. Three, two lead and a home run by Alan Craig. So the Cardinals are now up three to two, and they would get two more runs in the fifth inning on RBIs from Yadier Molina and Rafael Fercal. In the sixth, Chris Carpenter completed his outing of six innings pitched, six hits, two runs, two walks, and five strikeouts, and most of that came in the first inning. So he settled down. The Cardinals got one more in the seventh on a Molina single, and in the ninth, Jason Mott looked to finish off one of the most improbable playoff runs in baseball history. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. For the 11th time in franchise history and the first time since 2006, the St. Louis Cardinals are World Series champions. And Chris, they did everything they weren't supposed to this season. Uh, that is absolutely 100% correct. Yeah, I mean, they, were, they weren't supposed to be really much of a playoff contender, and that remained true until um the last days of the last days of the season and then you face a 100 win team with Roy Halladay Cliff Lee Cole Hamels Roy Oswalt I mean that was supposed that was the World Series favorite from the jump probably since spring preseason and definitely in the postseason yeah they beat them they beat the NL Central winner and then you know you beat the you beat the Rangers who were very, very respectable in their own right. You know, they were, I, I would guess they were underdogs in each of the series. Yeah. So obviously David Freeze was the world series MVP. Uh, he slashed 348, 464, 696, 1060 with a home run, seven RBIs and five walks. Uh, if David Freeze didn't have the situational hitting that he did, then Alan Craig probably would have been the, the MVP. He slashed 263, 417, 737 for an 1154 OPS with three home runs, five RBI, and four walks. Also, Lance Berkman slashed 423, 516, 577, 1093 with a home run, five RBIs, and five walks. Albert Pujols slash 240, 424, 640, 1064, with three home runs, six RBI, and six walks. He went out of St. Louis with a bang. And also Yadier Molina went eight for 24 in the series. That's good for a 333 average. 
He had nine RBIs. Also, Jaime Garcia, 10 innings pitched, two earned runs for a 180 ERA, 10 strikeouts. And Chris Carpenter, 2-0, 19 innings pitched, a 2.84 ERA, and 13 strikeouts. So, Chris, uh, as far as this team's legacy, they won despite being down to their last strike multiple times. And I mean that literally and figuratively. I mean, they were literally down to their last strike multiple times but they were also down to their last strike metaphorically in the regular season in preseason when they lost Adam Wainwright, when they knew they were going to have the distraction of, of Pujols being in a contract year of Pujols being injured, facing all three of the teams that they faced, and of course, actually being down to their last strike. They also capitalized in their last season with our Pujols and they proved that they could win without Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Uh, Adam Wainwright was probably their, their, ace at the time and they did not he was not necessary in that uh in that world championship running and yeah they knew it would be the last year of Pujols they smartly did not extend Pujols yes. and uh they capital they capitalized on it for sure absolutely uh, and you know they you know they still had him he was still they had him while he was still good and uh and you know he followed through, continued his postseason legacy, and uh, and that was that. And yeah, and they, you know, uh, even after that, they were able to make the playoffs. But yeah, this was the team. This was the most improbable team, ironically enough, uh, for them. And ironically enough, usually the, I, you know, in in this century, their most improbable teams are the teams that have won the World Series, like. Uh, they won 83 games in, in 2006, won the World yeah. Series. They were down 10 and a half game or eight and a half games in the wild card in, in uh, heading into September with this team. They won the World Series, but, you know, 2015 and they won 100 games and, and lost in the first round. So in 2013, yeah. they lost 97 and lost, they won 97 and lost in the World Series. Yeah. So, you know, they, they were the underdogs and uh, they followed through for sure. Yeah, David Freeze had probably the clutchest performance you'll ever see. Uh, obviously, that win probability added stat speaks volumes. He's forever just remembered for this. I mean, he retired, you know, like I remember in 2018 watching him in the World Series with the Dodgers. All I could think about was what if he does it again? Like that that memory just stays with you, the impact that he had in those situations. Yeah, and he, he did have some moments yeah. with, the, with the Dodgers, even though he wasn't quite uh, the same for him, uh, for his team, but I mean, he set a pretty high bar here though. Yeah, ex exactly. But like in terms of skill in general, yeah, uh, he was still uh pretty scary. And like, you know, Albert Pujols was spectacular too. I'm looking at his uh, game logs here throughout the postseason had an 1155 OPS. I mean, yep. he was extremely, extremely good. And, uh, Win probability added of 0.63, very good for uh, for a guy. Good, a good, uh, a good side. You know, I guess a good sidekick for David Freeze. But yeah, <laughs> you know, gets uh, gets lost in and all that. And I, I guess it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, a uh, a very good team, and you know, pitching as well. Very good when they needed to be. Chris yeah. Carpenter was spectacular throughout that postseason in the in the games he needed to be good and you know even before the postseason with that game 162 
shutting out the Astros uh, when he when he needed to. So, yeah, that was kind of Chris Carpenter's um, staple sort of postseason, I guess. Even though he had some uh, some mediocre games, but you know he should get remembered. Jaime Garcia was pretty good as well. You know the 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 offense gets remembered, but you know the pitching also. Um, you know they weren't fantastic, but they were good when they needed to be for sure. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that leads. Uh, so that closes the book on the St. Louis Cardinals. So now on to our favorite part of the episode, where we're deciding the fate of our next week. Uh, for those unaware, uh, we're doing with the baseball history series. We've selected. 30 players and 30 teams to talk about. I have a list of 30 players. Daniel has a list of 30 teams. He puts those teams in a computer randomizer as I do with the players. Uh, I select a number to decide the team we're going to be talking about. I have no idea what the number is. Same with Daniel for the player. He has no idea who the player will be. And I am picking first this week. And, uh, this week we are going to be talking about team number 10 team number 10 we have the youngest team on this list we we can provide a lot of personal experience because this is the first time when we became friends at college this was the team that we watched quite a bit of we had a bet on our show that regarded around this team we had a lot of analysis that we could probably go back to actually i don't think we can because i don't know if those episodes are still out there but regardless we're talking about the world champion, 19 and 31, 2019 Houston or uh, 2019 Washington Nationals. Wow, there we go. I, I yeah. now I'm wishing we uh we like periscope the original ones, but we didn't yeah. really know what was going. on. I mean, on. I can I can I know one thing that I said uh, about that team that I'll yeah. definitely be putting in the script. Yeah, exactly. And on and on October first. Yeah. Uh, Yep. The day, the day of the, of the NL wildcard game. Member of Springfield college student media. (laughs) Just called a shot. Called a shot. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we got Juan Soto. We got Anthony Rendon, Max Serger, Steven Strasburg, playoff Strauss. Like we were talking about that, that one time. Fernando Rodney. Fernando Rodney (laughs) finally becoming a world champion. Yeah. I've, I've been waiting for this one. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of, and it's, you know, they're more heroes now, now that they, uh, that, you know, after all this stuff about the Astros. Yeah. 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 So a big time team, it's, you know, it's the 2005 Astros with a happy ending. So, and they face the Astros and they face the Astros, the, how time changes, you know, and mm-hmm. they were an NL team in 05 and then in 19, they're, uh, they're an AL team. Yeah. But yeah. We're talking about the 2019 Nationals next week. What player are we going to be talking about in our next history episode? Player number six. Player number six. So I was, uh, when I put him on, I was a, I was a little more hesitant, I guess. But I think this guy, this player that we're talking about next week, he was extremely overrated when he was playing. But I think over time, he's kind of been forgotten about a little more. He's been looked at more of, more as a kind of facade. I have but, no idea where you're going with this. 
but I kind of want to get into this guy's, you know, playing career, off the field life. Seems like a fascinating character. Won a lot of World Series championships. Oh. Next week we're going to be talking about Joe DiMaggio. Wow, another another Yankee legend. Yes, this is uh, a guy. Yeah, it's one thing. I was looking at his uh his baseball reference page a couple weeks ago. Like, it's gonna be weird because he only played twelve seasons, but he also missed like three or four because he went off to war. Yeah, he was. You know, he was another guy who who missed three years due to service time. Yep. You know, exact same uh, OPS as uh, Mickey Mantle. I think yeah. he had like 70 plus uh, B war despite 12 seasons in the big leagues. It's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, he, he was setting RBI records like uh, for his rookie year. And um, you know, we have, we've kind of completed sort of that, uh, that Yankees dynasty. We had Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio is the middleman and then uh, Mickey Mantle into uh, yeah into the sixties. And then, and then I guess, you know, 1998 Yankees was a, uh, was our uh yep for the other yankees dynasty but yeah and we had ricky henderson yeah we had ricky. forgotten era yeah the the mid to late 80s where they were just missing the playoffs mm-hmm. unfortunately for for them they were behind like the blue jays and the i don't know who was, who was even winning the al east with the orioles or in the mid to late i guess well, 83 at least yeah 83 i don't know but yeah we hope you enjoyed the uh, 2011 Cardinals part of the episode. Uh, and if you enjoyed the show, want to watch the videos with us, there's plenty of video content out there. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. We also have a lot of other content on there. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta, follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran and follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio. Uh, get all the updates on when the shows are happening. Also get some cool videos, things of that nature. And we hope you enjoyed the 2011 Cardinals part of the episode. And we hope to see you next week where we'll first talk about all the MLB news and all that going on in baseball and on thursday where we're going to be talking about joe dimaggio and friday where we will be talking about the 2019 nationals see you then